Welcome to Policy Today. Thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State. Produced by the Washington Research Council. This is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council, and I'm here today with my colleagues, Dr. Chris Showbloom, Emily Makings, and Mary Strau. And we're going to talk a little bit about what might happen next in the ongoing budget drama of Washington State. Our governor has just signed a supplemental budget, has he not, Emily? Yes, he did yesterday. Um, just to remind people, in uh, so the 2016 supplemental operating budget increases spending by $190.9 million, at least as enacted by the legislature. The governor did veto some provisions, so it's not clear exactly how much that spending number will change, but it, it won't be that much in the current biennium. Um, so that so if, um, as enacted by the legislature, the biennial spending would increase to $38.223 billion. The supplemental does not increase taxes, and it does appropriate $189.5 million from the rainy day fund for wildfire costs. So that's kind of the broad strokes of what was actually passed. Again, we don't have full details on exactly how much those spending numbers will change pursuant to the vetoes, but sure. it should be about that. So what the governor just signed was a supplemental budget. It's kind right. of an off-year budget. It, it's it's fairly uh, minimal in its spending, but uh, next year, we're, we're the, the two-year budget will be enacted. Just to, uh, real quickly, Emily, remind folks of what happened in uh, the 2015-2017 budget. Um, you mean in, in uh, I mean, it, they ended up spending $38.219 billion, I think, was the total. Yeah, I mean, what was notable for me is that they, uh, uh, the both parties agreed uh, to add uh, $3 billion in education funding, uh, but there really was no new taxes. I, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um so, so th th that's kind of how the last budget went. There were folks that wanted new, uh, both uh, new a new amount of taxation as well as some of folks wanted new taxes, new types of taxes uh, in Olympia. But that isn't what we saw last time. But now we're going to go into this next budget cycle. Um, uh, what issues do you think will be on the table that will be uh, the most significant and the most controversial? The first one that comes to mind is uh, uh, Mary is McCleary. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, I think everybody agrees uh, McCleary will be front and center um, and certainly take up the bulk of um, the bandwidth in, in the next legislature. So the, the big obstacle left in complying with the McCleary ruling is for the state to take on responsibility for funding uh, teacher and all school employees uh, compensation, their salaries, uh, as they relate to basic education. Um, that amount has been estimated to be $3.5 billion. We don't know that for certain. Um, and what's going to happen during this interim, during the summer and fall, is um, as a result of the bill that was passed by the legislature and signed by the governor, the state is going to contract with a consultant who will uh, work with all of Washington school districts to 
determine how much um, is actually being spent on basic education school employee salaries so that we have a, a firmer grasp on the amount of money that that we're dealing with here. Um, another part of the legislation that was passed is an education funding task force is being set up, uh, sort of your typical task force of, uh, made up of legislators and whatnot to look at um, various aspects of, of um, finalizing compliance with the McCleary ruling. Now, with all that said and done, there's still the gray area of some people who want to do just cover basic education as they have understood it to be, and then some who want to go above and beyond McCleary, um, who want to pay more for maybe, who knows, additional teacher salary enhancements or um, additional early learning uh, programs or any number of things. So as always in Olympia or in any type of government situation, you're going to, there's going to be a pull to spend more money on additional programs. So I think that the, um, the problem, the challenge of this upcoming legislative session is to keep lawmakers focused on the basics, you know, the basic education. Um, they've done a pretty good job so far of, but, you know, of course, there's, there's, there are so many, and we, we can cover this in, a, in subsequent podcasts, but there are so many decisions that have to be made, of course. They have to decide um, how they're going to set up just the system for compensating teachers, because it's no, it's, now it's going to be funded by the state instead of by partially by the local districts, um, setting up health benefits and retirement benefits. Uh, and that's all going to have to be decided at the legislative level. It's a huge, huge task ahead of lawmakers. Um, and I suspect it will take them a long time, um, barring some miracle, uh, to, to come to an agreement. Yeah, well, uh, uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are a number of issues here, and I think uh, politically, one of the big drivers of possible new spending is going to be uh, con- converting to a state uh, taxation system that's palatable uh, because of this whole question of uh, of a levy swap and and the fact that some folks may end up paying more property taxes if there aren't adjustments made. And what kind of adjustments would those be? Would they involve new spending, or or, or how or how is is that system going to work? And in fact, are they going to use property taxes to to uh, pay? Uh, the bulk of this new state obligation. Looks like they probably will, but uh, there have been some other proposals. Uh, Chris, you want to talk about that a little bit, about taxation as it applies to McCleary? Yeah, so um, let's step back. The, uh, uh, the state is now required to produce uh, what are called four-year outlooks, which um, uh, project um, uh, a budget um, f- uh, four years into the future, assuming that um, uh, assuming the revenue forecasts that have been created, and then the uh, and then also that all of the existing programs uh, are carried forward at uh, at the current levels of activity. 
um, and and uh, kind of an unofficial version of a of a of a four year out uh, look uh, based upon the budget the supplemental budget the legislature passed is essentially in balance uh, with some 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 questions about um, uh, some minor changes, but uh, but to our, to you know the first approximation, it's in balance. You mean in the fourth in the second biennium? In the second biennium, not after Governor Inslee's vetoes. Well, you know, approximately so, within 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 a million uh, hundred million dollars or so, probably or two hundred million. They're dollars. saying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's a, that's a rounding error here, and um, 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 the 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 issue. The part thing is that that if you that. Um, if you look at the history of budget forecasts um, and, 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 and compare uh, forecasts of this far out, you know, forecast two to three years into the future, um, those forecasts are never right. They, they, they are always wrong. I mean, it, there is the, uh, the, the old Yogi Verism that uh, prediction is difficult, especially when you're trying to predict the future. Um, so you expect one of my favorites, personally. <laughs> which is, so the, the, you know, you know, those forecasts are not are not right. And, and when I look in the past, look back over the history, it seems to me the pattern is that more often than not, the uh, revenue comes in above forecast. Um, so it is most likely that when we get when we get back into come into session next year, there will actually be more money on the table than we currently have here. The trouble is that even though the downward revisions are less frequent than upward revisions, the downward revisions you see are big, <laughs> and the upward re- um, um, revisions are are much more much small. Now, the, the kind of the, the, the typical upward revision is, you know, on the order of a billion dollars or something, which is actually a lot of money for, for legislators who are trying to deal with the McCleary obligation. Um, the downward revisions you get in the, in the bad years are, are multiple billions of dollars uh, and can, can really um, throw a whole monkey wrench into the, into the situation. Sure. Well, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot easier to negotiate a budget uh, when every time a new forecast comes out, there's suddenly more money appearing. Yeah, so, uh, so the, you know, and, and if you take a look at, if you go to this, 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 um, you know, kind of what, what we now see is a three and a half billion dollar McCleary problem to be solved next year. Potentially thereabouts. We don't really know. Yeah, we don't know. That's kind of in, <laughs> something like that. And say and and go well. You know, we can kind of see way various ways to actually solve that problem. If you throw three billions in in revenue loss on top of that, you get to a to a very difficult problem. Uh, and not clear how the legislature would react to it. Well, that's one of the issues I wanted to raise. Uh, you know, I alluded to the. Uh, uh, $3 billion in new uh, funding for K, K through 3 and other parts of uh, McCleary last time. There was there was a lot of debate, but not much debate on the amount of money, which was a little bit unusual. But it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, 
to take that $3 billion back off the table if there was something approaching a cataclysmic situation or, or, or a serious situation developing nationally that ends up to affect our uh, tax revenues over this next biennium. And, and I mean, th- there's not a lot of places the, the legislature can cut. Am I wrong about this? Yeah, yeah, so uh, I think after I, some pretty significant growth. Yeah, I, I th- what's been um, um, uh, remarkable about this current expansion coming out of um, um, of the Great Recession is how much of the new revenues that have come in have flowed, have, have gone to K-12 education. Um, the rest of the budget is pretty lean, and, and it's going to be hard to find cuts uh, anywhere but K-12. And then with the McCleary situation, uh, the K-12 itself is probably off the table for the, for the cuts. Right. Um, a lot of the budget is either constitutionally mandated by the state constitution or it's federally mandated by yes. the feds or strings are attached to federal money that really the state would be, it would be really yeah. hard to get rid of the state sources. So... Yes. A lot of it is very difficult to cut. You know, so, so it's kind of like your, your standard, normal, everyday recession um, um, is going to, uh, you know, create a real, create real financial difficulties. We're not coming, we wouldn't be coming into this with the kind of slack or fat that we normally would have in a budget to, to cut. Um, I, say, I think it's, it's more likely than not the next, next legislature will not uh, be confronting a recession. Um, uh, you know, some people talk about how, you know, the longer it's been since you've had a recession, the more likely it is you'll see one in the next six months. Uh, but the academic research doesn't support that. Um, so, um, so I, I think it's still, you know, odds are that we won't, that, uh, uh, the legislature is going to come with a few more, come back into session, uh, next January with, with a bit more money on the table than they currently have. Uh, well, but, well, if that is the case, or, or and it looks like it will be at least initially, if not uh, through the next uh, session, what, what are some of the other issues uh, that the legislature is is going to have to face that are going to involve uh, uh, new expenditures? Well, if we could stay on education for a few minutes, sure. I've, um, first of all, I'm, the Supreme Court will have to respond to what the legislature did this session, and. Um, I mean, they've been holding the legislature in contempt, and they levied a $100,000 a day fine. That's still ongoing. So that'll be interesting to see if they agree that the legislature's on track or if they levy more fines or they do something even more drastic. Who knows? That's one thing to look out for. And then also um, there's kind of the looming issue of Initiative 1351, which was enacted in or was voters approved it in 2014. Um, and it was, this is the initiative that would reduce class sizes in grades K through 12. And so last, in the last, by, in the 2015 session, for as part of the budget, the legislature delayed implementation for four years. So if that stands, they would have to pay for half, for implementing half of the initiative in the 2019-2021 biennium, and then the full amount in 2021-23. So that 2019-21 would show up in the four-year outlook next year. So the legislature will, and that would be, I mean, based on the fiscal note from two years ago, it'd be about $2 billion to add to the four-year outlook. So whether or not they delay again or get rid of it or just start pay for it somehow, it'll be interesting to see on that. 
But we'll be kicking into the period where it takes just a simple majority vote to... Uh, yes, yeah, to, to, to change the initiative. So yes. that's yeah. another option. And there are always uh, a number of interest groups uh, who are more than willing to put forth new spending proposals. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know inside and outside uh, the issue of education, and then there are are other uh, factors the legislature is going to have to deal with. One of them is another court case that we hear a whole lot less about: the Culverts case. It involves uh, uh, principally, I think, uh, Native American uh, rights in terms of salmon and uh, uh, the state impeding fish passage uh, around the state. And uh, uh, the dollar figure on that's been estimated to be uh, over a bill. The, the figures have been all over the place because they are still finding these culverts. This is an ongoing process. It's not a discrete number uh, of culverts. But I, I believe there's going to start to be some deadlines this year of uh, the areas like Forest Roads, I believe, is one deadline this year that has to be met. Uh, to where they're going to have to have all those culverts cleared. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to cost, but it's, uh, like McCleary, a court order. Um, yeah, there, I, I think there's a growing, and you know, we're seeing this starting to to surface with uh, with some of the questions about the uh, public works trust fund, and uh, I, I think there's a a growing amount of need at the local level for uh, road and bridge uh, improvements or or more of them, and uh, and. Uh, there have been a lot of promises made over the years by the state to help local governments with this, and uh, that, I think that's going to become more of an issue as time goes on, and a pretty expensive one. Uh, flood control is not really a small issue, and there's getting to be more and more areas that have large... Uh, requests either put together or they're talking about them because of increased flooding in their area. I mean, I think it's it's good to note that in the last capital budget, almost $500 million went to the Department of Ecology, and a lot of it was for uh, flood control-related uh, issues. So then there's politics. I mean, when you talk about budgets, you know, what is going to be put on the table, uh, what will be controversial, uh, what will have a chance to pass or not pass, a lot of it will have to do uh, with the composition of the legislature, as, and uh, I would also note our governor's up uh, for re-election. So any thoughts on that? It's just going to be a very, very, very election, uh, interesting election coming up in November um, on, the, on the national level, of course, and then how that um, national election um, uh, trickles down and influences what's ha- what, what's going to happen locally. Sure. I mean, you know, we've got a, just a two-seat uh, majority that the Democrats are holding in the House. Uh, and uh, uh, one would think, uh, you start looking at the various districts, there could be an argument made that the Republicans have a chance to capture the House and hold the Senate. But then there is, I mean, that's hardly a certainty, just looking at local issues. Uh, but then you look at the national political landscape, and uh, I think you can throw out any kind of prognostication right now about that kind of a thing. Uh, the governor uh, has the advantages of incumbency, uh, but uh, who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Any other thoughts? Um, an- another thing to keep in mind in terms of politics once the elections are over is um, – promises made during campaigns can really gum up the work. So, say a candidate, especially a gubernatorial candidate, um, 
or incumbent who ends up winning um, may have made a promise or a series of promises during the campaign that weren't necessarily well thought out, but then for purposes of saving face have to spend a certain amount of time at least giving the appearance of trying to fulfill that campaign promise, um, which can get in the way of governing. Um, And that's just another unknowable factor. You know, it could happen with McCleary. I mean, who knows what kind of kinds of promises are going to be made to people in the heat of a campaign. And then once lawmakers and the governor, whoever it is, um, get down to actually hashing out a deal, it could be completely unworkable. But there it is. And, um, you know, that can, that, can, that can prolong negotiations or a solution by weeks or months. So that's just another, another factor that is completely out of control in, of people's hands. And has nothing to do with the actual facts or data or statistics or numbers or anything. Um, so, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen on that front? Okay. Well, we will stay tuned for sure. Uh, And the Research Council will bring you uh, detailed uh, reports on many of these issues as we move forward. This is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council. I've been joined today by Chris Showbloom, Emily Makings, and Mary Strau, my colleagues uh, in research here. And we thank you so much for joining us as well. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.